the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 1818. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed, and a very good morning to you. Hour number two underway at nine minutes past ten o'clock on this free-for-all Friday edition of the Bob France Authority. It's the fourth morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thank you so much for being a part of our conversation. December ended with a flourish for the President of the United States, and more importantly, for the people of the United States. 312,000 jobs were created in December, 301,000 in the private sector, 11,000 in the public sector. The unemployment rate rose to 3.9%, rising by 0.2%. Now, revisions uh, in November, jobs numbers up to 176,000. Revision in October up to 274,000. That makes the net revisions a plus 58,000 jobs. Uh, Long-term unemployment rose to 1.3 million. You six uh it was little change actually i'm sorry to 1.3 million so uh, again the president's policies the tax cuts implemented by the president with the help of the republicans and not a single solitary vote from a democrat all yielding amazing results and continuing to do so now two years into the trump economy Trump job creation has simply been spectacular. Even the revisions, in addition to the 312,000 plus, uh, that, uh, that were created in, uh, in the month of December, plus 58,000 in the two months prior to that as well. So, and the Democrats can take zero credit for this. Absolutely zero credit because none of them voted for it. So what are they going to do for the next two years? Try to obstruct it. Phone lines are open at 216-901-0945. I see you on there. We'll get your phone calls right now. 888-281-1110. Uh, let's go ahead and get those, and uh, we'll bring them up shortly, I hope. 
Um, but I do want to talk to you not just about jobs and not just about borders, but about whatever is on your mind. That's the beauty, of course, of a free-for-all Friday. We do have to address the borders, however. Nancy Pelosi, on the first day of the new Congress, as she took the gavel back, uh, handed to her by now Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, she takes the gavel and she immediately declares there will be no money for the wall. Are you willing to come up and give him some of this money for the wall? Because no. apparently that's the sticking no. point. No, nothing for the wall. We're talking about border security. Nothing the for the wall, but that means it's Well, we can go starter. through this all, uh, back and forth. Mm-hmm. No. How many more times can we say no? Nothing for the wall. Nothing for the wall. Nancy Pelosi has made it clear. The Democrats have zero interest in protecting American lives, protecting American citizens, protecting Americans from drugs, from gang members, from traffickers, and so on and so forth, all the way to none. Why? Blind politics. That's it. I mean, literally, there is no concern for anything else. It is just 100% about politics. We cannot give Donald Trump any money for the wall because we said we wouldn't give any money for the wall. And if we do that, well, then we're going to lose our base. That's what this is. Meanwhile, the president continues to fight, and the, and the uh, uh, spokesperson, the uh, press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, lays it out. She's got a huge challenge on her hands, and this is going to be a big test of her leadership, whether or not she can bring the far left side of her party, some of the radical liberals in her party, together with some of the others that want to see real change and real solutions take place. Can she bring those people together to make a deal? We'll see. Quite frankly, they're all radical members of her party. Nobody on the Democrat side is calling for the building of a border wall. They are all radical. Kevin McCarthy, the new, of course, House Minority Leader. Think about what the Democrats have voted on numerous times before. They have voted for wall and fencing on a number of occasions, even at a higher number. Uh, Brandon Judd, as I mentioned before, he is the uh, president of the National Border Patrol Council. He acknowledges again and again, border walls work. We're the ones who actually patrol the border. We're the ones who actually see what is and what is not effective. And we're telling Congress this is, in fact, if this is, in fact, effective. You know, who are these experts that you're that you're quoting that saying that that fences don't work? They're absolutely wrong. Um, it's proven. We know it. They know it because, they, as he said, they're on the front lines. They're the ones who actually see uh, each each and every time, you know, what happens when there is a border barrier put up. Uh, crossings are cut down dramatically. I work Christmas morning. I didn't see my family when they woke up Christmas morning. Um, come Saturday of next week, I will not receive a paycheck. And even though I'm not going to receive a paycheck, I 100% support this shutdown because it's that important. The American public has spoken. They want border security. And the only way that we can get border security is if we put the proper measures in place. Okay. And the wall is part of that. Give us an example of where it has worked, Brandon Judd. I worked in Naco, Arizona for 10 years. We didn't have physical barriers in Naco, and illegal immigration and drug smuggling was absolutely out of control. We built those walls, those physical barriers, and illegal immigration dropped exponentially. Exponentially. That's why Vice President Mike Pence went on Tucker Carlson last night and said, we're going to keep the president's promise. What we've completely focused on is keeping the president's promise to build a wall, to pass legislation that provides other support for border security that gives the people that are enforcing our laws at the border and across the country enforcing our immigration laws the resources right. and the tools that they need 
I would pause here momentarily <clears throat> to just advise, not that Vice President Mike Pence needs any advice from a radio show host in Cleveland, but be careful. I don't want us, meaning those who support the president, I don't want us, meaning those who support the border wall, I don't want us, uh, meaning uh, MAGA hat wearers, to be accused of wanting this border wall only to help the president keep uh, keep a, a, a campaign promise. We can't say we're doing this for the president's promise. We have to say the we have to tell the president we're doing this because, or not to tell the president, we have to tell the left we're doing this because it's the right thing for national security. We're doing this because of the drugs and the crime and the and the uh, uh, cartel members and the human traffickers and the um, uh, the uh, terrorists who continue to cross our southern border. So I would just be cautious with that when the president says we promised we would do this, so we have to. Or I'm sorry, when the vice president says we promised we have to do this, or we would do this, so we have to do this. It's not about that. It is about the right reason. Ever since the Christmas holiday, the president sent us to Capitol Hill. I met with Senator Schumer not once but twice. We engaged in good faith negotiations. The president and I canceled all of our Christmas vacation plans. We were here in Washington, D.C. Democrats broke off negotiations about a week ago, but the president's made it clear. We're here to make a deal. That's why he sent them, and, and that's what the president wants to do. He's willing to make a deal. As a matter of fact, as the vice president told Tucker Carlson last night, the president offered the Democrats a deal that they requested. He offered them DACA. There's a lot of people talking about a lot of different ideas. You know, frankly, the better part of a year ago, the president expressed a willingness uh, to deal with the issue of dreamers in a compassionate way. For people who were brought here as children uh, through right. no fault of their own. Uh, he's discussed that. It's being talked about. This is what the Democrats asked for. Chuck Schumer admitted this one year ago this month january of 2018 one year ago Schumer. i sat down with president trump on friday and offered him quite a bit uh he made an offer for a wall i said if we do full dreamers we'll give you the deal and he basically agreed so we were close then he pulled out and backed off so now i've taken the wall off the table and that's of course not true because the president multiple times laid out his four pillar plan for um uh for border security one of them was giving 1.8 million quote unquote dreamers and i still have a hard time calling them anything other than what they are which is illegal aliens uh there are a lot of people dreaming of coming to the united states and uh getting jobs and prospering and so on and so forth they're not the only dreamers but um uh, in addition to 1.8 billion, or excuse me, million dreamers getting uh, a pathway to citizenship, which, which the president was willing to do, we get money for the border wall, which Schumer said he was willing to do, and we also get E-Verify implemented and an end-of-chain migration. It was the president's four pillars. And uh, it was the Democrats who pulled back. They wouldn't vote on it. They wouldn't even consider it. They had no interest whatsoever because, again, even this is going as far back as last year, going as far back as 2016 when he was running for president, they want nothing to do with the border wall. Why? Because at the end of the day, in maybe the deepest, darkest corners in which they live, like cockroaches, they believe in open borders. They don't want to say that out loud, but they believe in open borders. Airman Lockhart, who's on line one? Kirsten, I don't know any Kirstenaus. I know Peter, the only Kirstenau I know is Peter Kirstenau, and I know he doesn't call unprompted. Let's find out who's on line one. Uh, this is uh, AM 1420, the answer. Who's this? Uh, this is James Bond. <laughs> you sure it's not Mike Guerin? <laughs> why would we go? Why would you go Mike to Guerin, with that? Mike Guerin is too busy to be doing this kind of stuff. 
Peter, you never call unprompted, my friend, but I'm always glad to hear your voice. What's on your mind? Bob, I was just uh, really excited to hear uh, my old friend Larry on your show, and you had a great uh, lead, and I was driving in the car uh, a little bit later than usual coming into work. Um, but nonetheless, heard your, your comments with respect to Rashid uh, uh Talib, Rashida Talib, yeah. and uh, your discussion with respect to open borders, and uh, was prompted to think of uh, a number of things. You know, with respect to Rashida Talib, as you know, whenever a Republican makes a comment that um, is slightly over the top, the other Republicans are compelled to respond to it by the media and by Democrats. Media will constantly go to them and say, well, do you believe in this? You think of Roy Moore, Trent Lott, anybody who says something that the media doesn't approve of or Democrats don't approve of, but I repeat myself, they are compelled then, Republicans are, to defend that person as if that person is speaking for the entire Republican caucus, that person is speaking for all of conservatism, or if that person actually says something innocuous, but it's just something that Democrats want to paint as being beyond the pale. But you have comments by a Tlaib or, and I love the comments from Hank Johnson, um, you know, with respect to the tipping over. I mean, that's something that I had written to him about. Um, and in one of these days, I'll send you the letter if I can find it. Um, you know, questioning his positions on things when he uh, really believes that an island would capsize. I mean, these are the kind of individuals we've got in Congress, and they believe that Donald Trump is unsuitable for office and that their entire agendas should be focused around impeachment to the exclusion of almost everything else, because that's almost all you heard about for the last several days leading up to the acquisition of the gavel by Nancy Pelosi. And We've got a lot of things, you know, things are going great in the country. There's no doubt about it. Uh, relatively speaking, that is, there's a lot of things we have to address, but those things are going to be left unaddressed because Democrats are more focused on making political points against Donald Trump. So uh, just wanted to get that out there. I really appreciate the show. Really appreciate um, Larry being on. Uh, that was a lot of fun to listen to. Larry's wonderful. And you know what we're going to have to do one of these days is have the two of you guys on together. We can just have a great old time. Well, we can spend dangerous. an hour kicking her. I know it would. Well, it just reminds me, it would remind me of one of our, uh, one of our state presentations that we often do uh we whenever Baker, uh, to time. <laughs> that would be something by the way did you hear i played uh, in the first hour i don't know if you caught it i played the full uh, two minute and 10 second exchange between uh, hank johnson and uh, i can't remember the general that he was questioning about guam did you, did you i heard it? i heard a portion of that yeah and that's what prompted <laughs> I, I think that should I mean, be replayed over was and serious. over and over again he was serious yes, he was. as a heart attack. He can't, he tried to play it off after when he was naturally questioned uh, with incredulity from anybody who had heard it saying, are you, are you okay? Do you need to be checked in somewhere? What on earth were you talking about? And he claimed he was joking. He was serious as the day is long, Pete, about putting troops on Guam because there's going to be too many there for it to stay afloat as if islands are floating. I, it was, and, and this is a man, Pete. The reason I played it that we came back up again is yesterday he tweeted on the first day of the new Congress about how uneducated and how dumb uh, MAGA supporters are, President Trump supporters are. I, I, it's astounding, Pete. You know, the media never questioned him about that. Never. Imagine nope. for a moment if a conservative or a Republican had said something even remotely comparable. <laughs> Uh, just just for fun before you go, and I know i got to get to traffic here, I'll give you the, the very short version of it. I think this is about 20 seconds of it here. It's the uh, money line, I think, from uh, from Hank. Let me see if I can play this. Uh, come on. Uh, it's pl- oh, I know. It's muted. I apologize. Sorry about that. Hold on a second. Let's give this uh, one one quick listen. I don't know how many square miles that, that is. Do you happen to know? 
I don't have that uh, figure with me, sir. I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like. Yeah, my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip <laughs> over and, uh, and capsize. <laughs> Do you remember what year that was? I don't remember, but I remember interacting with him that year. But I'll tell you what, think of Hank Johnson, Rashida Tlaib, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and there you've got the energy and direction of the Democratic Party. And don't forget Maxine Waters, too. Well, the reason I asked about the year, Pete, is because it's been a few, and he keeps being re-elected. How did that not kill his campaign for the next time he was up? He's been re-elected every two years ever since then, and and the people of Georgia apparently are proud of that. Uh, It it is simply astounding. And you're right. uh, This is the new direction. uh, And uh, my goodness, between the the three or four of the people you just named, I don't think they have two IQ points to rub together. Uh, Good stuff, Pete Kirsten. Thanks for weighing in, my friend. Good weekend, Bob. God bless. Thank you, Pete. Peter Kersenow, uh, unexpected Kersenow is the best kind of Kersenow. Uh, we're back after this. Ten twenty-eight. Now the Bob France Authority continues. Wow, what a show! When I have Peter Kirsten now call in unexpectedly, and I uh, have Larry Elder on the show from Los Angeles. Uh, really, really good stuff. Free for all Friday today is truly in effect. Any anything goes. You don't know what to expect. Whatever you want to talk about is fair game. Whether it's shutdown related, border fence related, Democrat takeover related, Trump related, uh, ignorant Democrat comments like islands capsizing related. Ignorant uh, uh, freshman representatives calling the president of the United States a mother blanker in front of uh, multiple recording devices. Anything you want to talk about. And if you, if you want to go off the board, you can do that, too. Uh, let's go to uh, BJ. in. Uh, Nor- Oops, I'm sorry. I said BJ, but I clicked Don. Uh, BJ, you'll be next. Don, you're up now. You're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Don in Cuyahoga Falls. Can you hear me? All right, I'm not hearing Don. Is Don hearing me? Is Don potted up? Uh, I'm not really sure. We'll see if uh, BJ is on there. BJ, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Happy New okay. Year. And um, it's going to be a very interesting year. I, I know you're aware of it. I'd like to bring a different perspective, as I uh, tend to do. I think we have to look at ourselves, the American public. We look at politics, and we look at a lot of other elements about what's going on in our world. But if you've noticed, or at least I have, those that call themselves Democrats are associated with that Democratic Party. That is not a happy group of people, both across the country, in America. (coughs) They tend to be malcontent for some reason. No matter how good things are, they find the negativity in it. And I think we're facing a social disorder that we're going to have to address sooner or later among ourselves. Politicians can't do anything about social order. For instance, Every different race there is in this country brings more harm upon its own kind. The African Americans killing each other like they do in Chicago, Hispanics upon each other, uh, uh, Caucasians upon each other. The one group of people that seem to be free of all this, ironically, have always been the Asians. I've admired the Asian Americans for that. You rarely hear anything negative about that. But socially, I think we have to become more aware in 2019 about our own behavior toward our country and the wonderful things we have in this country and how we're able to live and the things we can do and the freedom to go where we choose to go 
And why are we wanting? Why are some wanting to tear this apart and bring it down, and have such a discord and such anger? If you can be this angry in America toward being an American, then I don't know where they're whether where, where we're heading in in the future with our younger people. And my concern is not from my own age group has lived our life fully. Right. I'm concerned about you younger folks, and I and I hope we can address that and be more aware of that and. Maybe make that more of a point in the coming year, and I appreciate we, your time, Bob. And we I can absolutely well address that, BJ, and thank you, and Happy New Year to you, sir. I appreciate your first call of the year. Um, I want to get our news here. On the other side, I will address some of that when I go right back to more phone calls as well. But there is, uh, you're exactly right, their anger is real, it's legitimate, and it's constant. And I'll talk about why after this on AM 1420 The Answer. Yeah, it's uh, 1035, and the last caller, BJ, was spot on. Spot on. BJ uh, asked why it is that the Democrats are always such an angry bunch. So it doesn't matter how good things are going, rather than enjoying it, they're angry about something. And the answer to that is, or the response, I guess, that I have to that is, you're correct. It's why I coined the term POS to describe these people. They're POSs. And POS stands for Perpetually Outraged of Society. And that's what they are. Unless they are in power and in full control. And by they, I mean government. I mean big daddy government. Setting your rules, giving you your allowances, letting you know your restrictions. In other words... The exact opposite of what this country was founded on. We used to have a big daddy. He was called the King of England. We said we didn't like being rained down upon by somebody like that. We want liberty. We want to make our own decisions. We want to spend our own money. We want to decide uh, what, where we work, how much we get paid, what kind of energy we use. We want representation in our government. Founders gave us a great tool for that. Gave us this representative republic governed by a constitution which guarantees us all of the liberties that we did not have when we were forced to to live under the crown. We have that liberty now, and we have had it for 250 years, and the question is, will we be able to keep it? Because these Democrats, these POSs, the perpetually outraged of society, they want to return to tyranny. They want to return to totalitarianism. They want the government to be in control of it all. Why do you think Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is introducing the Green New Deal? Why do you think it continues to gain support from other Democrats? Because that Green New Deal is the latest blueprint to full-on socialism that probably goes past it. Peter talked to us yesterday about this. Kersenow did that probably goes past Venezuelan-style socialism straight on into full-on communism. It really does. This is what Democrats want. They are Going back to the point that BJ made, they're not happy. Why are they always angry? Why are they always POSs? 
Why are they all always perpetually outraged at society? And the answer is because they don't have enough control. They want what the Green New Deal um, uh, offers. Full control over Americans' lives, Americans' homes, Americans' businesses, Americans' travel, Americans' banking, and Americans' uh, 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 energy. They want it all. And in addition to running all of those things in your life from Washington, D.C., from the new uh, throne room that would be created, they are also going to implement their ideas of what is socially just. The Green New Deal demands reparations. They're demanding reparations, and they want to use this new, uh, this new platform of theirs for social, economic, racial, regional, and gender-based justice. Problem number one, who decides what is just and what is not? Who decides what justice really means? Well, this creation of this committee would, of course. The Democrats would. This is the, to, answer, to answer BJ's question more directly, when he says, why are they always so angry, I would, I, would, I would change it slightly to say, when will they stop being so angry? When will they stop being POSs? When will they stop being perpetually outraged at society? And the answer is when this is implemented. As long as you have liberty, as long as you have your vote, as long as you have uh, some control over your own life, some control over what you use and how you use it, some control over our social balances, meaning control over law enforcement, wiping out federal law enforcement, limiting the ability of local law enforcement, until they take that control away from you and put it in their own hands, they're going to be POSs. They're going to be perpetually outraged at society. That's what they're going to be. So understand, these next two years, they're, they're some power, but they don't have anywhere nearly enough. President Trump still holds the veto stamp, and the Senate still holds the majority. The Republicans hold the majority in the Senate that will uh, put the kibosh on all of the lunacy that the Democrat-controlled House can possibly throw up there, including that uh, abolition of the uh, Electoral College that Cohen from Tennessee threw up there yesterday on day one. And so they're going to be they're they're thrilled to have some power to subpoena Republicans, subpoena Trump campaign officials, Trump administration officials, Trump family members. They're they're very happy about that. There'll be less POSs about that because they'll be they'll be happy to have that kind of power. But once they realize it is limited in scope, and that the Senate has just as much power, and that the president has the ultimate veto authority. Well, then they're going to continue to, then they'll, they'll get right back to being the POSs that we know them to be. All right, back to the phones we go, and it's going to be who? Oh, it's Don. You know, we tried to get Don on before, and he couldn't hear us for some reason. Let's see if this works now. Don in Cuyahoga Falls, are you there, good sir? I'm here. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yes, sir. Go right ahead. I think I hit my mute button that last time. Sorry for that. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> These smartphones, sometimes they're, uh, they're dumber than we need them to be. I got a lot of company around me here too, so I uh, it, it it caused me some confusion. But understood, uh, no problem I, at all. But we're glad we got you on. Go ahead. Okay, I want to wish you a happy new year, and uh, I, I'm feeling pretty cynical this year about uh, you know the elections and everything. But I'm I'm darn glad that uh, you are there and people like you. It, it makes me uh, I have some relief at knowing that there are people that are you know feel like I do. And I heard you go off on the Republicans a couple weeks ago, so. Uh, just, just want to say, I'm glad you're there. 
And then I want to. Well, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. And I'm glad to be here. I do. That's exactly what I try to do is I try to be the voice of the people that listen to me and the people that need to hear these things because, you know, there's an old adage about there being safety in numbers, especially when you're in a hostile area, you know, when there's more of you, you're less likely to be attacked. There's safety in numbers when it comes to belief in the values upon which this country was founded. We sometimes feel like we're alone when we are surrounded by CNN and the New York Times and so on and so forth, that we're the only ones that are out there fighting. It's good to know that there are others like us and that's why we have programs like this so i really appreciate you recognizing that okay yeah i want to point out too that uh, uh i want to point out the contrast with the democrat congress coming in with nancy pelosi and uh, all of them and the, the the game plan that they've got they're hitting the ground running and uh, they've got uh you know uh, they've got legislation to pass and a real plan contrast that to what john boehner and Paul Ryan did over those years, who just sat there and did nothing. Uh, it, it just, it really makes me disgusted. And I really, uh, I hate to say hate, but I just despise those politicians for what they did and what they've done. And uh, Kevin McCarthy's another guy now. He's not, he's a $300 cut politician, haircut politician, who's not going to do anything except look good and, and talk the talk, you know. And uh, one thing I want to mention too, is that uh, Hugh Hewitt, who's on before you, I just, one thing that really burns my bacon is how he just slobbers all over Mitch McConnell and praises him up and down and claims Mitch McConnell's the greatest Senate majority leader ever, and he's not. Mitch McConnell is another one of those, uh, to me, villains of the past 10 years in the Republican Party who's done nothing uh, except get a couple of judges elected, which he damn well should. That's what he's supposed to do. And uh, is it, even when it came to that, uh, uh, you know, getting rid of uh, Obamacare, that vote there where McCain turned it down, McConnell knew what was going on. He has control over who's voting yes and no, and he knew. But uh, I, I didn't want to put that I've in got there. a love-hate. I've, I get it, Don, and I've got a love-hate relationship with Mitch McConnell because I will say this. He was a champion during that entire Brett Kavanaugh affair. He had Kavanaugh's back. He had the president's back. He stood against all of these idiots who were grandstanding, including Spartacus Booker and uh, grandstanding Kamala Harris and all the rest of the Senate Democrats who were trying to, on that committee, who were trying to torpedo him and trying to uh, let Christine Blasey Ford ruin him. Uh, uh, McConnell at that particular time, to me, stood like a champion. And I believe what, uh, you still there, Don? Yes, I am. Okay, it sounded like a phone click. Sorry about that. Uh, but but I so there are times when I've looked at McConnell and said, that's what we need. That's the kind of stalwart leadership we need. But then there are other times where I'm with you, where I need him to stand up taller and stronger, and I need him to do what's right. I needed him before this Congress, this last Congress ended. I needed him to invoke the nuclear option uh, and, and get us uh, this wall funding passed, because it would have been very easy to do that way. I needed him to stand up in a number of ways that he has refused to do. And I think we'll regret it because once the democrats take back the senate whether it's in two years or four years or eight years or 20 years you doggone well better know they're not going to have any reservations about doing it we should have used it for our advantage at this particular point that's that's exactly right i agree with you about that they will do it and uh i'm just uh praying that somehow donald trump we get a win out of this we need the win he needs the win uh you know the country needs the win so that's what i'm I'm looking forward to here 
Don, great phone call. You made great points all the way up and down the line. I really appreciate you waiting on hold for us there after we missed you with your mute uh, mute situation, but really good stuff. Thank you for calling. I hope you call back again. Let's go to uh, Medina Township now and say good morning to Matthew on a free-for-all Friday. Matthew, thanks for joining us. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. uh, uh, Happy New Year to you and your family and the whole staff down. Uh, The reason for calling, I I was listening in and I shut the radio off, so... Mm-hmm. I got back to uh, I've been calling these uh, these wannabe senators and uh, congressmen in uh, Washington. I called Nancy Pelosi. I just got off the phone calling Nancy Pelosi's office. I've been trying to call. What'd you call her? For three days. Pardon? <laughs> Nothing. I was being a smart aleck. I said, "What did you call her?" Oh, I got a few oh, things I'd like oh, to call her. Uh, well, she's a wannabe. <laughs> she, okay. I want to be a congressman. And uh, so I, I, call, I laid it out for her. I said, listen, I said, you better get into the ball game, missus, because I'm telling you right now, we got to have that wall. Because you might be, get, you might not be uh, getting more than what you're wishing for. So, uh, in other words, uh, every, every country in the world's got a, got a border. I don't understand these idiots. But uh, anyhow, I've been trying to cut, uh, get a hold of Chuck Schumer's office. For three days, and it's busy, busy, busy. Ever since I gave his number out, I think I gave my number on the air to you. And ever since the people heard this, they must be calling. I think he just put it on busy, and that's it. He's not. That's, a, that's right. That that is exactly right. And and that's what they do. They have ab, You know, they're there to represent us. Hence the name representatives. You know, congressional representatives yes. in the House. Um, and 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 yet they don't care a whip about actually doing that. Listening to the people. This is what we want you to do for us and on our behalf. They don't listen to those things. And that's what's so frustrating about it. But you know what? What are we left to do? I salute people like you, to be honest with you, because you continue knowing that they're not going to listen, knowing they may just put the phone on busy, knowing they may even let you leave a message and then just delete them without listening, but you keep making the effort. And, Matthew, that's what we have to do. That's all that we can do uh, because we're not we're not going to stage a violent coup. We're not going to do anything to subvert the uh, Constitution. What we are going to do is what we can do, and that is avail ourselves of the political process. Let's elect the right people, and then let's continue to let them hear from us in whatever fashion we can so that they act on our behalf when they get up there and cast votes. But the sad part about the whole thing is I think the American people just don't give a damn. You know what, really? I'm, I'm from the old school. I'm, I'm one of the, the ones they call the greatest generation. There's not many of us left. But we never had this problem. We 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 dug in and did our thing, and uh, it seems like uh, they don't really give a damn outside of you and a few others. And uh, uh, this is what makes my blood boil. And especially well, when I hear this, when I heard this congressperson, this uh, idiot from uh, she's a Muslim or something. When I yeah. Heard, uh, she needs to listen. What the first thing they got to do with her, Bob? is they better go out and buy a muzzle and put it on her, because you know what a muzzle is. They love her, though. That's the thing. You know, it's, oh, uh, know. And, and Matthew, I've got I've, I've to go here, but I want to see a couple of things uh, and, and keep listening, and I appreciate your phone call. Uh, number one, yes, it does feel like the country doesn't give a damn sometimes. We do feel like we're in a very small majority, majority excuse me, minority, um, uh, those of us who care enough to continue to study this and to speak about this every single day. But you're right. It, we are a minority. And, and evidence of that is just in the last election. There's 320 million Americans. 
Roughly 80 million of them are children. They can't vote. That leaves, by my count, roughly 240 million Americans who can. And what would the voter turn out? What does the voter turn out? About half that. You had 60-plus million votes for Pelosi. You had 60-plus million votes for Trump. That's 120 million. That means half the voting population doesn't care enough to get out there and do it. So you're right. I do feel very lonely and very very isolated because of that when it seems like uh, you know the, that the majority of the people don't care. So I get that point. The second thing, the very last thing that you said about uh, 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 Rashida uh, Tlaib from Michigan or Michiganistan, she is a Muslim. She hates Israel. She doesn't recognize its right to exist. And she is speaking for her constituents. Michiganistan has this very high population in various portions of the state that are Muslim populations that feel the same way. They elected her to represent them in Congress, and she's going to do it. She's going to call President Trump a mother blanker. She is going to continue to vote against the interests of Israel and our relationship with our strongest ally in the Middle East. She is what she is them. They are her. I have people all morning long on social media saying, oh, the voters deserve what they got. Again, I can't believe they elected her. They deserve this. They, they're not complaining. They love her. Linda Sarsour loves her. Rashida Tlaib is going to be a threat. Understand, she's not the aberration. She's the beginning. Back after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Queens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up. The whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Short segment to wrap up the broadcast uh, today. It's 10.55. We'll try to squeeze in two more phone calls before we are done. AC in Cleveland wants to talk about Hank and that island tipping over. Hey, AC, go ahead. Yeah, two quick things, Bob. First of all, I've got a picture of the island of Guam. You know what a B-29 is? Yeah. It's got a whole bunch of B-29s at one end of the island during World War II. Right. And if all those B-29s are all on one end of the island, it's certainly not going to tip over. <laughs> and I got a picture of it. The second thing I want to touch on real quick is BJ called in and he had a question that about uh, where society was headed, where things are going. Well, I right. have an answer for him. Okay. All he has to do is look into Revelation chapter 13. It talks about where this society is headed. And it'll answer his question. And it's a one-world government. My friend, I appreciate the phone call. And that is, you're not the first person to suggest that, by the by. But uh, going back to your first point. Just I don't know how many square miles that that is. Do you happen to know? I don't have that uh, figure with me, sir. I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like. Yeah, my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh and capsize 
I will never not laugh at that. No matter how many times I hear it, especially when you listen to it from the beginning, because he's so deadly serious. He's asking the general uh, who's uh, talking about putting troops on the island, which is an American territory, uh, how wide is it as it, at its widest point from uh, shore to shore? And uh, I believe it's about uh, seven miles at its most narrow point. I mean, he's got a compass and a slide rule out, and he's a tra- protractor, and he's trying to really, truly compute how many square miles, at what point it's narrow, at what point it's wide, and if we put too many people on one side of it, will it tip over? He wasn't joking, and he has been reelected four times since then. Because that was in 2010. This is now 2019. So he's been reelected four times by the people of Georgia to represent them. What does that tell you about them? Lisa Woods in Medina, Medina County Friends and Neighbors. Good morning, Lisa. Happy New Year, Bob, and to everyone listening. Uh, looking forward to 2019, and I just <laughs> your show just makes me giggle. You have the best show and the best callers. Well, he gives us such material <laughs> that it's, uh, I, I can't help but giggle, and I'm trying not to actually. But anyway, what's going on? Hey, I just want to let you know that. Um, well, going back to 2018, we had a wonderful meeting with Peter Kirstenauer. Uh, what a fantastic. Uh, uh, talk he gave and uh, in just got everyone lit up. In fact, one lady said he set her hair on fire. <laughs> she had never seen him speak before, so it was, it was just great. Well, she um, must have set his hair on fire too because it all burned off. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was. Yeah. And I hope he's listening right now. Yes, that's a ball joke, Pete. <laughs> Sorry. Well, McFan absolutely loves Peter, and 2019 is going to be great. We have Melissa Atkinson coming up on the 26th. We're starting a little late because Medina County has a, a serious meeting uh, on the uh, on the 12th. Um, well, I'll tell, be, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, Lisa, let me jump in here because we're short on time. We've got to get to Mike Gallagher, but okay. I'm glad you checked in, and I'm glad to know that Melissa, <laughs> Melissa's wonderful, by the way, uh, and, I'm, and we can definitely talk again before the 26th when she comes in. That's all the time that I've got, Lisa. Thank you, and thanks to uh, everyone else for listening. Great show today. I'll talk to you on Monday. Uh, Mike Gallagher's Enjoy next. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 